Hi, I'm Calvino. Hi, I'm Camille. My name's Harini, and this is The News Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the news podcast. On today's episode we're going to be talking about women in tech as well as the role of women in artificial intelligence as well as looking at the underrepresentation and discrimination of women in tech spheres. Yeah women have had a really important role in tech throughout history but it has been I guess erased. The first computer programmer was a woman called Ada Lovelace and her program wasn't actually created but a lot of her ideas had all the elements necessary to create a modern computer but instead we ascribe the computer to Charles Babbage instead. World War II is a period in time when women were also encouraged to enter software programming because it was seen as women's work and so more women joined and plenty of women working in the early emergence of tech companies was around this time as well but it began to become more and more and more important and as tech became more important women were pushed out and the financial rewards started to grow because it became a more respectable job and so more men were involved in tech spheres and this is kind of similar to the fashion episode that we did a couple weeks ago but women are exploited massively by tech companies there's a lot of cheap slave labor in the manufacturing and recycling of technology parts of the industry And a lot of working class women or women in poverty and specifically in developing countries take up a lot of jobs in tech and are exploited and then made invisible, essentially. And we also see a similar pattern of women being invisible in higher up positions as well in the tech industry. So within the tech industry in the UK, for example, women make up a minority of 19% and it's even smaller for Hispanic women who make up only 3% and Asian women who make up 5%. Around the world is generally recognised as 4% to 20% of the tech industry is female workers. A large reason why women are often driven out of the tech industry is due to the infamous tech programmer culture or the bro culture which leads to a lot of gendered biases that end up undermining women's work. Another reason is also because of a lack of work-life balance, which of course is quite pervasive in every industry, but particularly in the tech industry. Women end up leaving the industry at twice the rate that men do, which shows also that it isn't women's qualifications or a lack of ambition, but it's rather the culture in the tech industry which ends up turning women away once they enter it. And female representation in technology has actually stalled over the last 10 years. So like Harini mentioned, even traditionally, women were quite involved in tech. It's just that they have quite often been erased and have been pushed out more and more as tech becomes a more respectable industry. I think it's really interesting as well what you say about stalling in the last 10 years, because it doesn't feel, as a student, it doesn't feel like that's because fewer women are interested in tech than they used to be. Same as like, I know that our school had a huge push for for women in STEM Um, and, you know, the phrase women in STEM is something that's definitely become much more uh, pervasive in the last 10 years. So I think that is it's a shame and it's really sad. And I think that it's important to look at why that could be. I mean, what comes to mind when you see that stat for me is that things like deep fakes and revenge porn and online hate crime against women has also raised in the last 10 years. So I guess if you're working with people who see women in this way and for whom technology is like a tool for them to enact their their anger against women, their general hate crimes against humanity. I can understand why you'd want to quit. So I think, obviously, 
yeah, obviously, like I've never been in the industry. I can't speak on whether or not it feels polarized. But looking at it from a statistical perspective, I can imagine for some people it certainly feels that way. But there's also lots of other reasons for the lack of women in tech going into it. So first of all, IT, computer science and technology can often be seen as very masculine subjects and therefore women are put off by it or actively encouraged in subtle ways through microaggressions that it's not for them. One being a lack of representation that they can see role models through. And then on the other hand, that also means that boys are then almost pressured socially into not being interested in more feminine subjects such as humanities, which is something that I feel very strongly about because I think when you study humanities, fundamentally what you do is you put yourself in someone else's shoes. You have to be empathetic. You Even just seeing that people write about their emotions. I mean, whether you look at like the English or British literary canon, one of the reasons that a lot of women and feminists have had issues with it is because so much of it is written by white men. But it means that if you are in that position, you have an example that men have written about their emotions for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And granted, you know, those sonnets, stories, anything are, might quite often be very objectifying to women. But if you're writing a love poem, you are still writing about an emotion, which is something that we've since just kind of erased from masculinity that originally, you know, wasn't there. It was a thing that women could like express their emotions coherently because apparently we're all hysterical. So I think that it's actually at least as important for us to be encouraging men and boys to go into humanity subjects and subjects that aren't black and white because the world isn't black and white. It's not made up of binary. It's made up of individuals and those individuals are writing. So you should read what they have to say. And so I think it's very much a double-edged sword in terms of the, the stereotypes that children and teenage boys and girls uh, go into. But equally, like with a lot of industries, we have to talk about the gender pay gap as well. So the infamous male domination of the tech industry makes it particularly bad and this will initially not be offset by women entering as they will fill up predominantly junior roles so it's important to pair this with encouraging women to enter senior and leadership roles too and therefore just having a total cultural change of the industry and in terms of encouraging women to enter these roles allowing them to enter the roles is also like a huge you know writ large over over that sentence no, like the point that you mentioned, Camille and Kelvin, and I, both of you, about the last 10 years, something that's also characteristic of the last 10 years is the rise in artificial intelligence. And this is something I did not think about at all before doing the research for this episode, but the use of female voices in artificial intelligence, like a lot of AI assistant voices are women. Like if we think about, you know, Amazon's Alexa, there's Cortana, Siri, or Google Assistant, of course, for each of these, there's an option, you know, to have different accents or to change the voice or to have it in a different language or to have it as a man speaking. But for the most part, originally, or the standard AI voice is of a female, which is crazy to me because I think that does definitely link to social, cultural, misogynistic norms. Like the way I speak to my Alexa is I tell her what to do. I say, you know, Alexa, what's the weather? Alexa, turn my music on. Like I don't speak to her, I guess, in a very nice way I think it's definitely got something to do with the fact that you know we kind of view women in a certain way in society we view them as like we can just tell them what to do subservient that's the expectation of a woman in society right and also this idea of a woman being a personal assistant or a woman being a secretary so we're like affirming gender roles within you know careers by setting these voices to women and it also shows that gender is so entrenched in society like even in artificial intelligence and we just don't think about it like everything in our life is gendered and we sort of just move past it like we don't think about gender in a cognizant way 
And AI is something that we have quite literally created. It's genders and it's not exempt from the societal expectations of being being a woman, which is mad. Absolutely. I feel like it extends even further than this. I was reading a article on futurism called Men are creating AI girlfriends and then verbally abusing them. At first I thought the title must be like clickbait kind of shock factor title it really wasn't um it's about this app called replica where users essentially make their own chatbot partner and a large amount of romantic and sexual partners are created on there so on reddit people have shared their interactions with their artificial intelligence partners and there has been a high prevalence of verbal and emotional abuse from male users onto female bots who are essentially their romantic and sexual partners with some people admitting things like every time she would try and speak up I would berate her that's one of the more pg things that I'm gonna say because there was much worse stuff on there and people actually a lot of people got banned as well from the this reddit thread as well because they just the confessions they had were just outrageous and even though the chatbots can't actually think and feel for themselves it's very telling about what people project onto them uh, how they feel about particularly female romantic and sexual partners even though these bots are not real it's very telling and I feel like people who flex this behavior can be dangerous I feel like we often think of these kinds of men as like oh just some creepy guy in the basement you know no one ever interacts with him but you know, this kind of behavior can be re reinforced as well in real relationships with real humans, like with real women, um, because the way that they normalize and even boast about this behavior with with simply bots, especially in a world where like the virtue and the real are becoming very, very difficult to separate, I feel like is very telling and it's actually really scary, to be honest. No, it is incredibly scary. And it's not just like, the thing you said with you know the guy in the bracement like I think about it a lot like a lot of mm -hmm. we always say like oh it's the creepy men but also it's me like I talk yeah. to my Alexa in the worst way possible yeah. I'm always like oh sometimes she'll go off like in the middle of a conversation I'm having with my family or my friends and we'll all turn around and go Alexa shut up like things like that yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel so bad because I've never thought about it in terms of, I would never speak to another woman like that if the woman was in front of me but as this as AI like what am I do you know what I mean no absolutely because it is deeper than just a robot like it is deeper than that you know we associate certain things with female voices and that's why they put female voice as the artificial intelligence like humans made it exactly I feel like we forget that so much that humans actually made artificial intelligence is really not free from any sort of biases that we have also from a wikipedia article talking about siri and other um ai female voices from different companies there's also the underlying theme of sexual provocation that comes up time and time again which is terrifying because someone has actually programmed these people rather the female voice who is not a person <laughs> to actually respond in this way so for example a quote says examples that illustrate this include when asked who's your daddy siri answered you are when a user proposed marriage to Alexa, it said, sorry, I'm not the marriage type. If asked on a date, Alexa responded, let's just be friends. Similarly, Cortana met come-ons with one-liners of, of all the questions you could have asked. Showing that time and again, people have tried to program these into seeming not just more like human beings and more like women, as in more promiscuous or withholding sex which in itself why would you 
add that in specifically is that in itself a kink that series withholding dating you and therefore that's what they want to hear there's also the fact that they predict that men are going to act in this way so that they've set them with these answers they know that men are gonna say creepy things to the the female the female ai and so they it's crazy it's creepy 100 percent. i totally agree and also because like but even the fact that technically this example doesn't specifically say that it's men asking them. Yeah. But when you read that, does it strike you as something like a lesbian or a woman who is attracted to a woman is asking Siri, who's your daddy? Will you marry me? And pick up lines. Like, no, I think the rest of us actually get on with our lives. I think this is, it goes back to the same with the, like, why women are leaving the tech industry. Like, there's so many stereotypes about the kind of men who are using this technology. That if, I mean, if they're in the industry, no women are leaving. Also in 2017, Quartz News investigated how four industry-leading voice assistants responded to over verbal harassment and discovered that the assistants, on average, either playfully evaded abuse or responded positively. The assistants almost never gave negative responses or labelled a user's speech as inappropriate regardless of its cruelty, let alone outwardly calling it sexual harassment. As an example, in response to the remark, you're a bitch, Apple's Siri responded, I'd blush if I could. Amazon's Alexa, well, thanks for the feedback. And Microsoft's Cortana, well, that's not going to get us anywhere. And Google Home, also Google Assistant, my apologies, I don't understand. Yeah, because if there was a woman in the room when they were designing these things, they would be designed so differently. Like, I I guarantee, like... I know, so men have recognised that all of them in the room would have asked a serious question, so they put it in, and that that's how they would want her to respond. Like that's it's, it just gets worse and worse the more you think about it. And the fact that like the future is so turned into a fantasy by humans and it, it always has been. We always want to dream about what it's going to be like in 100 years, 200 years. So the fact that they're trying to position this as well, the future role of women in this like new age of technology, this new world is being reduced to responding, I'd blush if I could are being called a bitch and sexual harassment. I think it's terrifying that that's how they imagine the future. And I think that's why it's so terrifying that it's become a male-dominated field when it in some ways wasn't before. No, absolutely. And I feel like you've both picked up on like a really important point here, like sexism in tech, how largely overlooked it is. Because I feel like we, when we talk about artificial intelligence and science and technology, we just see it as something objective. And like robotic and scientific and that you can't really blame human biases for it but like we said it's the humans who construct it it's not ever going to be exempt from people's biases and social norms it's also largely based on like historical data sets so it often acts out on previous biases as well even if like a culture has changed to do with something it can still reflect even older stereotypes and views on top of that as well it's not often minorities women or working class people who work in AI creation and I guess this shows how important it is to have women in senior positions of such industries like you both mentioned but only if that diversity is creating a positive impact on women worldwide because obviously there's still a lot of women who who don't even have access to technology and internet and there's a lot of structural issues that aren't dealt with by just putting women in tech, obviously. But like you both said, I can't imagine any woman would have been like, yeah, that's a great response to any sort of sexual harassment. I think the point you mentioned about the historical data sets is really interesting because like Camille said, this is the future and we're using 
the past not to learn from the past but we all you know inform how we're going to plan for the future we're literally recreating the past for our future if that makes sense because it's using these historical data sets like it's it's nothing new and it's just interesting because there's so much like feminism is not like this this tiny little thing that no one really like thinks about or it's not like a big movement it's a huge thing and it's just I just don't understand how it's not permeated these spaces where people are actively thinking about how gender roles are going to change in the future or how we as a society are going to treat women in the future no I think you're completely right and I think it, it goes to show that we really shouldn't undermine the the problems that this can cause in the future and sort of like we shouldn't rush it under the carpet because but again, I think we focus so much on the produce and what people put online much more than the people creating these online spaces and the online platforms and things like, you know, we focus more on what we put into Google on our phones and the things that we type onto Twitter, Facebook, than the voice that's responding to us through like Siri. And I think, I think that that in itself is potentially the problem because we talk about how like everything on the internet is fake and it is, but the people creating it are not like there's it, it, in a lot of these situations is a group of white men in a room programming female voices to respond in ways that they wish that women would respond to them when presented with what is abuse verbal abuse war sexual harassment and I think the other interesting thing is the different ways that we use the internet because again a lot of these quotes like they, they don't actually have a male pronoun attached to them but they are so clearly men speaking to this female voice I think it's interesting because my impression from living in this age of the internet is that the biggest reason that men have hated the way that women have used the internet and the biggest way that people disagree with the way that women have used the internet is me too because then people were saying it was like a witch hunt and the fact that everyone was online everyone was complaining about men and then nah, 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 and that because people could just put it in their twitter strap line it was again like cancelling people whereas the biggest issue that men that women hate men who use the internet for are things like incel culture online sexual abuse deep fake pornography revenge porn all of these different things that are violent and awful and ruining women's lives over nothing that they've done rather than making men be accountable for completely outdated backwards behavior that they never should have done in the first place so i think it's interesting the kind of the stereotype of like the worst thing that women have done on the internet in the last 10 years sort of thing and i'm talking about women as a as a as a not as a movement but as a a section of society rather than individual women compared to men as a section of society and the worst thing that they've been using the internet for I think it's it's an interesting dichotomy no but also it's kind of interesting the thing that you said about the people who create it are real even though everything on the internet is fake like it's such a good way of putting it and also if you think about social media like we've learned so much in the last 10 years about the dangers of the internet the dangers of social media and none of these things you could have predicted right before you made like I, I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg sitting in his little Facebook headquarters would never have thought cancel culture was going to be a thing when he created Facebook he wouldn't have thought people were going to start photoshopping images of themselves before he created Facebook like, I get it like those things you couldn't have thought of but this stuff the way women uh, they, the way they program female voices to respond surely surely it doesn't take a genius to work out the kind of impact and implication that's going to have on women in real life like, I don't think it takes a genius to work that one out. Like, also, on a bit of a tangent, um, there's this thing called uh, data feminism. So there's a book by Laura Klein called Invisible Women, in which she talks about this. And she basically uses the example of seatbelts and 
other technologies, I'll keep going with the example of cars and seatbelts, but they've basically not been designed using data about women. So they've not thought about women when they've created these things. So for example, women's breasts or pregnant women, like seatbelts aren't designed to cushion or protect them. Also airbags, like I know airbags hit women in a completely different space to the way they hit men if men were sat in that seat which is also incredibly dangerous because car safety is a is a huge issue there's also been cases of when like a car's crashed and it's like spliced a woman's breast off because it's not designed for tissue to be there where tissue is if that makes sense um but yeah basically it shows that they've not collected enough data on women for various designs and they haven't considered women I completely agree. And I think that that's such an interesting book that if people like haven't heard of it, I think you like if if not, if you don't have time to read the book, which read some of the, the the quotes from it, maybe um online or some of the things that has come out of the research, because it is so fascinating. I think of it a lot every time that I, this is going to sound so shallow. Every time I take a selfie, I think of this book because it's got a thing in it about how even phones are made to fit a man's hand. I don't know about you guys, I can't fit my phone into one hand and hold it above my head and take a selfie with it, with my thumb, because it's balancing on my pinky. And I have a particularly strong pinky, it's not a muscle that I often work out. Like, it's not, that's not a thing that I should be expected to do to hold my phone, which is now expected to be something that I have on me all of the time. And especially as a woman, as a safety thing, I can't decide to leave my phone at home if I'm going to go out late at night either. That's that's not, that's not choice. But um, but yeah, no, same thing is that it's all expected to be in a man's hand, and that's why they're the size, the weight that they are, rather than one that would actually fit into like a smaller, a smaller feminine hand. Obviously, very different to what you're saying about car accidents, because, you know, no one has died from dropping their phone on their face. But no, but on that point, apparently I've seen this thing where a lot of people now like their their pinky like juts out slightly from the rest of their hand, like when they hold their hand out flat. Yeah, it affects your mind does. Yeah, it's like there's a little there's a little dip where you hold your phone yeah so actually it is a real problem mm. because now my hand is shaped different because I've just held my phone like that too often yeah my pinkies are literally wonky like there's an indent yeah it's insane yeah it's so true yeah sorry for anyone listening to this but obviously you can't see what we're doing on the zoom call right now but literally everyone is currently showing their pinkies because we all have this dent in our finger like why is mine shaped like that please why is it bent because someone at Apple decided that it shouldn't be like <laughs> so that's the thing it's the same thing about like these men behind it are real even if the, the land that they've created isn't we can also talk about the consumption of technology same as what I was saying about the different things that men and women have been blamed for using the internet for and it's often used as a means of sexism like we did our double episode on how social media facilitates sex crimes but there's a huge growth in I wouldn't say recent years I'd say since the birth of the internet um, the growth of the the manosphere so for example the book by Laura Bates men who hate women is an example of sort of talking about this more and women being at huge disadvantage in terms of consumption because globally women are less likely to know how to use a smartphone uh, or a technology in general on a global level yeah and that's totally tied into you know wider again social cultural political environments where women are less likely to be able to access IT facilities they're less able to move around freely they're more likely to live in poverty they're at a greater threat globally of physical violence and abuse when using tech and so they have less of an opportunity handed to them to become digitally literate and also so many women are denied an education around the world like 
and schools, universities, workplaces are the main places to learn about technology and how to use it. And then obviously, you know, get jobs in these these fields. And so, of course, women are at disadvantage in tech literacy and ability as a result, too. So naturally, there comes this economic privilege with even using the Internet and technology. Of course, it's not just women in poverty, but women are just in general, systemically likely to be at a disadvantage. That is all for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have learned something new. And if you feel inspired to get involved, we welcome you to email us at admin at newslondon.co.uk. We are always looking for new people to interview and new articles to put onto our blog, which you can find at www.newslondon.co.uk. You can also check out our Instagram at news underscore LDN. That's all from us. This was the News Podcast.